Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Well, for those of you who don't know, it's the 27th of December, 2020. It is the last Sunday of the year. It's a full house, so welcome if you're new. It's actually a privilege to speak on this platform. As Sam said, that I'm actually born and bred in Redcliffe, and it's, and it's huge to actually um, basically just give a testimony, share the word with you all today. So it's a huge honor, and I, and I don't take this, this moment lightly. Um, what? I, hang on. Where am I going? <laughs> um, Cam and I, okay, so the reason the tent's on here um, there's, a, there's a message in here, but um, the way to lead you into it is um, Cam, and actually, Cam and I got, just got back from camping. It was a really fun time. Um, it, it feels like Cam and I knew what Pastor Carolina was going to share last week. She was talking about rest, and she was talking about going away, having your holidays. I'm like, oh, we're already doing that. How good. And then she said, take a nap. And I'm like, okay, well, we've just taken three today, so we're doing really well. <laughs> It was actually the best time away, Um, but the thing that I appreciated about camping is that it's temporary. You don't stay there forever because you're living out of a suitcase, your feet get dirty all the time, and yes, we were at a place that had hot showers and flushing toilets, and there was a a restaurant on site, so it's not really camping, but... (laughs) But it was temporary, and we felt that, yeah, we can actually go home now. We have a place that is what we call home, and it's, and it's where we feel comfortable. It's like our sanctuary. And so we actually went home a day early because I just didn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> and so um, I, I, I'm preaching on the 27th, okay? So Christmas is done, kind of. Some of us are still doing family stuff, but the actual Christmas day is finished, but then we haven't started the next year yet. And so we're in like this weird limbo season week that nobody knows what day it is, nobody knows what time it is, and do we eat breakfast or we eat chocolate? Like, who knows? <laughs> and so today, I actually want to speak about that, speak about our life in, in seasons. And you've probably heard the expression, oh, I'm just going through a season of time. And it kind of feels a bit like limbo. Like, I don't know about you, but right now, I feel like we're in a bit of a limbo because we're like, oh, we're so ready for the next year. We're so ready for the new horizons that are coming and all that kind of stuff, but you just haven't reached that yet. And so today, that's what I want to speak about. I want to speak about two areas in our lives that are seasonal. And so we have seasons that we, that we go through, and so things where we've got intervals of time, where we're waiting on a miracle, or we're waiting on a job, or we're waiting on a family member to just love us the way that we love them and things like that. Do you know what I mean? So we, we have all of these different seasons in our life, and um, I don't know about you, but some of our seasons can be full of joy and, and extravagance, and it's, everything's awesome, but then we've got those other ones that we just, just want it to end. I just want to get through this. I just want to finish, and it just feels like we're waiting. And here's where I want to camp this morning. Camp this morning. Did you get it? <laughs> Those seasons of when, when God, when will this stop? When will this happen? When will we be able to move on? And so um, you might be experiencing this season right now. You might be having an experience where you're waiting on a job. You're waiting on finance for your family. You've just graduated university and you're waiting for your career to um, to take off. Or maybe you're waiting on a miracle. Maybe you've been trying all year for a baby and you just haven't had one yet. 
Maybe you're actually waiting for that husband or that wife to come along. You've, you've put yourself out there, you're, re- you're um, aligning your life to God's standards and you're just available, you're just waiting. Or maybe you're, you're experiencing a, a waiting period of healing. You've, you've gone to the doctors, you've got every medical professional working on you, but they, the healing just hasn't happened yet. Maybe you're just waiting. And so today I want to talk about how to thrive when we're in the middle. How do we thrive when we're waiting? How do we actually live our lives in a way that, that is God's standard when we're so done with waiting? Do you know, there's common emotions that you'll have, and I'm sure you're thinking of them right now when you're waiting. You can feel angry. You can feel impatient. You can actually feel like you're in anguish, depending on what you're waiting for. Maybe you've got inner turmoil going on. And then some of us, we can actually just get lethargic. We just pull away from everything and we just just stop. We're just like, nope, I've had enough. I'm not doing that anymore. Some of us will actually pull away from God. These are actual natural responses that we have. And do you know, God's really smart. He knows us. And he actually says in the word of God in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Some of us can feel that way. We have all these emotions running through us. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so that's one season of our lives, one period of our lives where we're just waiting, our our physical on earth seasons of waiting. But if we zoom out for a minute, let's get God's perspective for a second. He actually talks about our lives as being a season of limbo. On earth here, we're actually in, on probation. We're actually living this life for our future, our future eternity. And so in um, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 2, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent... We groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. So there's an earthly tent, what we experience right now, but then there's a heavenly home, not made by human hands. God's prepared that for us, and that's what we work towards. In Philippians 3.20, it actually says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're addressing these two seasons of time where we can actually thrive. How do we thrive when we're waiting? We're waiting for Jesus Christ to come back. How do we live our lives in such a way that is thriving? And so in the midst of all these different limbo seasons of life, I want to tell you that your faithfulness matters in the middle. Your faithfulness matters. It matters to God. It matters to you. It matters to your family. And it matters to the people around you. Your faithfulness matters in the middle. And what, something that I've noticed is that whatever season we're in, whether it's good or bad, God gives us so many different opportunities. He gives us so many ways that we can actually thrive. He allows us to thrive. He's not withholding from you. He's actually giving you an opportunity in this season, a season to remain faithful. And so if we go back to 2 Corinthians for a minute, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he's a man on mission. Paul is definitely not withholding his life from God. 
And so this is a time where the church is being persecuted, they're oppressed, they're going through different hardships, and he's basically writing from his perspective as a minister of the gospel. And he says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. We're always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, and so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. His perspective in the middle of all of those seasons, those hardships, those challenges is, but Jesus, I'm going to do whatever it takes to live my life thriving, thriving for Jesus. And so the title of my message is Thriving in the Middle. If you want to, you can look on the Bible app and follow along, but there's a lot of scriptures I didn't put on there. So good luck. So, question for you this morning, how do we remain faithful when the waiting room has become our new normal? It's what it feels like, right? When you're waiting, waiting, waiting for that miracle, you're waiting, waiting, waiting to go to heaven. They're the two options, right? How do we do that when our waiting room is currently where we're at? How do we thrive amongst what feels like an eternity of probation? I kind of want to look through the experience of the Israelites. I love the Israelites. They, they teach us a lot. They also teach us not how to live. They teach us not how to do things. And if you're anything like my youth girls, they'll actually say, I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do that. But really, we kind of do all the time. So I was reading through their entire walk. So when God saved them out of Egypt, um, if you know the story, um, God saves them out of slavery after 400 years. He hears their cry and he saves them and he walks them through the wilderness to get to the promised land. And so there was the goal, there was the end result, there was the the goal that God actually had for them. But they had this long period of time from there to here. And so they actually had to learn a few things. They had to learn God's ways, God's perspective, and all of those types of things. And so um, let's understand, okay, let's understand first and foremost that the Israelites didn't quite grasp what they should have. And unfortunately for them, they didn't reach the promise. A lot of them didn't reach it. Their their, um, children did, and if you read the story, they did, because God actually has a plan and a purpose and he keeps to his promises. But unfortunately for some of these people, they just didn't get it. They didn't grasp it. But God has a lot of patience and a lot of grace for a people who have great intentions, but didn't quite follow through. And so um, for me... God's written this story for us to actually learn his character, learn his heart, and then learn what to do. All right, so from the diary of an Israelite. First thing we notice, or things that I noticed when we went through, when I went through this um, season of their life, is that God is good. God is great. God is awesome. Amanda, we all know this. We know that. As Christians, if we say the opposite, it's actually going against the foundational truth of what we believe, Right? Right? If we say that God's not good, then what are we actually doing here? We know the verse, Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Right? We've all said it, we've all sung it. But that can be really hard to remember when your heart is sick, when your hope is deferred. Your faithfulness matters in the middle. In the Israelites' case, their hardship took a toll quite quickly. It was like a couple of days into their journey and they just couldn't get it. (laughs) They started grumbling. 
We don't have food. We don't have water. We don't have whatever we, we want in those times. I don't know, Netflix. We don't have those things. <laughs> they started um, looking to the past. They started actually saying to Moses, why did you bring us out here? Is God, like, going to try and, like, is, did he do this on purpose? Does he love us? And they said, let's go back to Egypt. Okay, sure. But full of mercy, full of grace, he extended his hand and provided a miracle. If you read through this story, you notice that every single time they grumbled and complained, God had already prepared a miracle. God had already prepared water to come out of a rock. He'd already prepared for birds to fly down and just land right there for them to have for food. He even created this amazing honey-tasting bread to just appear. And unfortunately for them, they still grumbled and complained about that. They didn't understand God's miracle and God's hand over that situation. And for me, a verse that I really hold on to is James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good thing. God is good. So I wonder if, if that's what we do. If we're talking about the Israelites, it's like, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. But maybe it's subtle for us. Maybe we don't realize what we're doing. At work, do we gossip about our boss when we don't get what we want? Do we create a culture around our family that is bad-mouthing our aunties and our uncles and our kids? And do we just have that language of God's not good? I don't trust him. He hasn't got this. I don't believe that. Even Moses got to a point in his leadership when things got too much. Even he grumbled to God and said, why have you put me here? I can't carry all these people. They keep grumbling. Like, How do you expect me to do all of this? And he even actually um, questioned God's ability to provide for the entire nation. I mean, hasn't he already been doing this the entire time? Hasn't he already provided all of those things for them? God's reply is hilarious. It's like, come on, Moses, you know me. He said, is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. And of course it did, because God is a man that he should not lie. God is not a man that he should lie. The character of God is only good. He is good. He has the best in mind. He has a way. He has a plan. He has provision. And he has victory. I mean, we were singing that just before. The victory is already won in God. He is good. And in fact, for those of us in the room who have actually experienced his goodness, you'd probably agree with this quote from Bill Johnson. It's on the screen behind me. His goodness is beyond our ability to comprehend, but not our ability to experience. Our hearts will take us where our heads can't fit. (laughs) Multiple times this year, I have journaled, God, how can this be my life? How have you created this life for me? Like, I have such an influential life. I have a very blessed life. How? How did you do that? How did you take this and turn it into this? It's amazing. And so no matter what is going on in my life, my head doesn't understand it, but my heart knows it. He's good. He's so good. So remain faithful in the middle because God is good. The second thing I learned from the Israelites is that God is with us. He is with us. In fact, he never left us. For the Israelites, there's actually physical 
you can see it proof that God is with them. In Exodus 13, 21, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. Right there. God is right there. <laughs> in Exodus 19, 18, it says, um, uh, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had come down in a flaming fire. Smoke poured out of the mountain just like a furnace, and the whole mountain shook. The Israelites can see a physical representation of the glory of God. He's right there. And you know what their response is to this when God comes to the mountain? He calls Moses up to give him the Ten Commandments and then their response is to actually just reduce the majesty of God. They actually replaced God. Don't ask me how or why. We wouldn't do this, would we? But they replaced God. They didn't understand what was going on. And so in Exodus 31, we'll read, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down, hello, waiting, there's a delay happening, from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. We don't know what's going on. So what we need is something else. We We don't see what's happening. So we're just going to replace it with something that we can see. Something that we can physically, okay, I'm good. Do we do that? Do we replace God in our lives for things that distract us to fill the void? I think so. But for us, we're actually privileged to live on the other side of the gospel. The Israelites needed clouds and smokes and pillars of fire. But we have that veil removed and we actually can walk boldly into the presence of God. He's with us all the time. There's no walking before us and things like that. There's no physical representation. We don't have to have a Moses to actually pray on our behalf. Nothing like that. We are with God all the time. All the time. In fact, the Great Commission says, Jesus came to, the, um, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, surely, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. I am with you all the time. God is with you. You're waiting. You can't see him. You're not, you're not there but he's with you. He's with you. You know, this year was actually a hard season for Cam and I. We, we went through something that um, can question, as, as said before, this year was quite difficult. And so it actually, we had to make a decision to realize the opportunity that God was teaching us. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that God told me was that I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't doubt. I'm with you. And then you wouldn't have known it, you wouldn't have seen it, because I have God with me. I'm not carrying it, I'm not burdened by it, because God is with me. God is good, and he's with me. So, remain faithful in the middle, because God is with you. (laughs) The third thing I learn is that God actually asks us in these waiting seasons to stand firm. He doesn't want you to back down. He doesn't want you to wallow. He doesn't want you to have those emotions that we know that we have. 
He just asks us to stand firm. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And something that I've found is that when we know the heart of God, the ability to stand firm in trials becomes much easier. If we know that he's good, if we know that he's with us, if we understand his heart for us, then standing firm is something that we're actually capable of. He calls us to it. And so if our supply is in him, he's able to shift our perspective from what's right in front of us to the bigger picture. There's an opportunity that is presented in these moments. The biggest opportunity that is presented when we're we're faced with these waiting periods is that it's not only an opportunity for us, but it's it's actually an opportunity for the people around us to see how we're going to handle this. How are we going to handle this trial? How are we going to handle this persecution? How are we going to handle this lack of miracle that we can't see yet? Because we know it's on the way. God is good, but it's just not here yet. So how are we going to stand firm in these moments? And if we go back to 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, verse 5, um, Paul's actually saying, for what we proclaim in word and action is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. With ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. He's not asking you to do it by yourself. He's asking you to realize the potential of this season. What is God calling you to in this season? He's asking you to stand firm. Don't forget that you have me inside of you. I'm with you. One of my favorite verses, Romans 12, verse 1. Let's live our lives as a living sacrifice. Dear friends, God is good, so I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. And if you want to know me better, one of the quotes that I live by is, let us remember often that our only purpose in this life is to please God. Whatever we're doing, whatever our seasons look like, whatever, whether it's joy, whether it's sadness, whether it's hard, whether it's easy, our only purpose is to please God. Our only thing is to follow Him. And one of my life verses, this one I'm still working on, Philippians 4, verse 11, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. He's good, he's with you, and he wants you to stand firm. Your faithfulness matters in the middle. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 says, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Through these seasons, God allows us to stand firm for the sake of those people around us watching. They're learning who God is through you. They're learning through you his character for you. For them, what does he have for them? 
Do you know, I think about um, some of the life issues that we can go through, and I don't understand how people can go through it without God. I just don't know how they do it. And so, okay, well, if I don't know how they do it, I at least want to show them how to do it with God. I I don't want to back away from God just because I didn't get something that I thought I needed. Do you know what I mean? I actually want to just show them that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.